everybody. Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. Uh, this is an emergency trip to the news desk. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Sleep. And I'm Donald Wine. Holy hell. Welcome to 2023. Yeah. What are we even here for? Are, this, like, this might are be we the talking dumbest... about Anthony? We're here to talk about Anthony Hudson, right? No, no. We're, <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. This is possibly like the dumbest news day in the history, in the modern history of American the soccer. Day? Day? We're four days into 2023. The first thing, or, to, to spoil it, we're going to talk about U.S. soccer a little bit, but U.S. soccer led off 2023 with a happy new year. Hope this new year is great for us. And four days in, they should just delete that tweet. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to run down the whole thing and we're going to talk about it. But I just want to say that, like, this is just from, like, a high-level view, this is a very CONCACAF thing to happen to a national team, like, this kind of drama. It's like, what what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? You know, like what 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 are we doing here? So we actually talked about something similar to this in one of our uh CONCACAF episodes this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just like so many layers. There are there's so much, so much to this, and it just keeps getting dumber. So let's Donald, if you want to run down what the hell is going on. So we have to go back to before, just before the World Cup started. This is where this story that's come out over the last couple of days, it all stems from basically right when the when the U.S. men's national team got to Qatar to start preparing for the World Cup. And Gio Rana, who had been hurt for a couple of months but had just come back, he obviously makes the team. Everyone thought, hey, if he has two legs, he's healthy and he's going to be playing a lot. And... When he gets to camp, Greg Burhalter calls him in and says, hey, I just want to talk to you about your role in this team during the World Cup. And uh, just to let you know, your world, your role is going to be limited in this World Cup. Now, a lot of people, I, we're going to obviously dive into some of these layers, but like mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, wait, you don't start off by telling somebody that their role is going to be limited. But hey, hello, I, I played sports. I've had a coach tell me, yo, you're going to hit the bench. But that means be ready. Yeah, right? you're ma- you're managing expectations for the player. Managing expectations. Like, yo, you're not going to be playing 90 minutes every game. You're going to be sitting. You're going to come off the bench. But in, in any mind, it means be ready. But I will say this. Most people are disappointed when they hear a coach say, yo, you're not going to play. And that's what happened at Geo. And Geo didn't take that well. He took it like a almost 20-year-old would take it. And he kind of flashed out a little bit. He, you know, had lazy play in practice. This is all confirmed by Gio Reyna and confirmed by other players on the team and confirmed by Berhalter, which we'll talk about in a minute. But he sloughs off in practice and essentially has to have a talking to by the coach and by players on the team. Now, he whatever was happening, we'll get to the specifics of it, whatever was happening, it seemed like it was an internal meeting. They they talked it out and everybody was like said their piece and everybody was cool. Gio apologized to the team. We move forward. Then comes the first game against Wales. And as we know, Gio Reyna doesn't play. And after the game, people ask, well, what's up with Gio? And Greg Berhalter says, well, he's hurt. So he's not 100%. So we held him out of precaution. And Gio responded by saying to the media, hey, I'm I'm fine. I'm good to go. I'm 100%. That blew up. And we we know how that blew up during the World Cup. We didn't, we didn't know how many layers were in this onion. He, so... 
the World Cup happens. He he plays sparingly during sparingly during the World Cup. He appears against England. I believe he did not play against Iran, but he did play the second half against the Netherlands in that loss. So after the World Cup's over, a few days after, about a week after, um, there was a leadership symposium that Greg Berhalter sat in on, and he was asked to speak. And I guess during this conversation, which was supposed to be off the record, um, we'll get into, again, all these layers. It was yeah. supposed to be off the record, but he mentioned, they, they asked him to give an example of where leadership was successful uh, in, 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 in his work as a coach. And he brought up, without naming any names, a situation, he says, a situation at the World Cup where a guy was slacking off, that he was almost sent home because of his behavior, because of the way he was performing. And the team, one by one, said, hey, you're not living up to our standards. You need to do better. We need you. And everything was cool, and we proceeded through the World Cup. And everybody was like, okay, that's a great example of how leadership works. Well, this... Uh, I guess in the notes for this symposium, the people who put it on put this nugget, this story in the notes and sent it out to the world. So, yeah, and I mean, this, where, this, this well, was this, like it came out days later. So, like, he had made this comment, and it was like almost a week before it was almost a week at, later before anyone ever caught wind of what he had said, which I thought, mm-hmm. thought was really interesting because obviously so much has come of it. But it was not notable at the time. Like, no one walked out of that thing and said, holy shit, you should have heard what Berhalter said. It was, it just happened to come out. Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting is, like, when that that comes out, um, that that's a Saturday, uh, or maybe it was a Sunday. It was a Um, Sunday. Yeah, that was a Sunday. uh, And Grant had passed away on that fr- that uh friday friday night mm-hmm. and so like the athletics like paul and sam and, and a lot of those guys you know they really paused what they were doing and working on you know because of that situation and so they were wow. actually working on this story as well uh it just so happened that it didn't like the the full athletic story did not come out until um that mo- that that monday it basically they it wasn't even that Monday. It was that Sunday night. Um, yeah, because what happened was they said, like you said, a lot of a lot of them had stories ready to go on Monday morning and they wanted to wait till Monday out of respect for Grant. But once the the comments from the symposium hit the public, they then knew it was a story and then they went with the story. And this is December 11th. It was not mentioned, as I'm as I said, during the symposium who the player was, but the next day it was confirmed by, it was first reported by a lot of these media outlets, but then confirmed by Gio himself that it was him. That was the subject of this, that he he was the guy that was about to go home. Yeah. And I mean, there are only 26 possibilities of who that was going to be. And you can start narrowing down the list. Sure. Shit. Ain't Tyler Adams, you know, correct. They ain't sending Pulisic home, you know? So it's like, you go through a list. It's like, you know, this sounds like it could be about Gio Reyna. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was about Gio Reyna. And it was. So this was, again, we, we this blew up. We called it Geo Gate. It dies down and we proceed with the holiday. Now, now we are at January 3rd. And this is yesterday. We record on January 4th. Yeah. January 3rd. 
out of nowhere, Greg Berhalter not only releases a statement, he does it through his brand new Twitter account that he created specifically for releasing this statement. Well, hold on. Time out. Time out. We need context. Remember, Greg Berhalter's contract expired on December 31st. Everyone was waiting for updates. They had heard nothing from U.S. soccer, from Greg Mm -hmm. Berhalter. No one had any idea what the status of Greg Berhalter as a coach was. All of a sudden, oh, here's the statement. But I will say this, right? And I know we're we're kind of going backwards just a bit, but... I, and, I, and I think I told some of us as we were in our group chat and I said, look, I've never, ever seen any entity announce the expiration of a contract without anything attached to it. So people were mad that U.S. Soccer didn't say, why didn't you why didn't you release the statement saying that Greg's Berhalter thing has expired? Because we knew that already. Like that was already known that it was expiring as the clock hit midnight on January 1st. And there was no news to attach to it. So no one released that statement. I, I mean, I even got flack over Stars and Stripes because people are like, why didn't you release a state what, or an article? Because there isn't one. No one no one announces a contract expiration. They announced that, hey, he's not coming back or, hey, that he's not, uh, that he's going to be retained. And as you mentioned, Eric, the reason why we didn't hear this information is because on Tuesday, January 3rd, Greg Berhalter released a statement in which he said that information had been given to U.S. soccer in an attempt to make him look bad. And and what he said, I I forgot the the term, um, bring him down is what he said. And the information stems back to a 1991 intimate partner relation, uh, violence relationship, or uh, I'm sorry, violence incident where he was dating his now wife, Rosalind, at the University of North Carolina, they went out drinking at a bar and they got into an argument and he kicked her in the legs. Now, that part obviously is unacceptable. We don't we don't condone that at all. And he didn't either. He he said he immediately apologized. I mind you, the statement was put out by both him and Rosalind. So it's not like he said this on his own and we had to get her statement. This was a joint statement by the two of them. She, he said that afterwards, for seven months, she had nothing to do with them. They had broken up, and that on her own accord, he went and got counseling on his own. On his on her own accord, she reinitiated uh, contact with him to say, "Hey, I want to try this, work this out, and get back in a relationship." They have since gone on to become married. They've been married twenty five years. They have four kids, of which one kid is in Major League Soccer right now. So. They they put this out at the same time. U.S. Soccer put out a statement that said that they were investigating this particular incident, and in the court, in this that information had been brought to them on December 11th. Keep that in your mind. And the reason, as they were doing this, they went through this investigation. As they were doing this investigation, they discovered that there was inappropriate con- or inappropriate uh, contact re- contact by other for, with other US soccer staff members by people outside of the organization. And everybody was like, what does that mean? Are you are you saying that other people are trying to blackmail other people? And it's still kind of un, undetermined. But we then find out later on last night from Heath Pierce that hey, we're going to find out tomorrow that this is going to blow all the way up. And blow up it did 
today because we found out around 1.15 in the afternoon that it was Claudio Reyna who was sending, quote, threatening messages to U.S. soccer officials during the World Cup saying that he had sensitive information that could take Greg Berhalter down. And it was determined or in a statement by Danielle Reyna, who, of course, is Gio's mom, that on December 11th, she contacted U.S. Soccer and contacted Ernie Stewart, the sporting director, to talk to tell him that Greg Berhalter had been in this 1991 domestic violence incident. Well, it's also it was the Reynas. To do mm-hmm. that Danielle Reyna, not only wife of Claudia Reyna, um, but Rosalind Berhalter's college roommate, and what was thought to be her best friend and teammate. And yep. so I was going to get into the layers of what all this is. Right? Yeah. So I just yep. want to reset something. Mm-hmm. Claudio Reyna tried to blackmail Greg Berhalter through U.S. soccer over his son's playing time. That's uh, that's the story that is out right now. And the question is whether it was blackmail or whether it was just you know, a helicopter parent. And and yeah. I think the answer is yes. But uh, <laughs> let's go back to the main layer. The reason why this is so messy is because as you, as Jonathan mentioned, Rosalind Berhalter and Daniel Reyna were not only college roommates and best friends, they were also college teammates at the University of North Carolina, where Greg also went to school, who also played soccer at North Carolina. Greg Berhalter and Claudia Reyna were not only men's national team teammates, they were also high school teammates. They were middle school teammates. They were middle school teammates from the same area of New Jersey, and they were the best men in each other's weddings. Yeah, and Claudio Reyna's dad coached Greg in club soccer as a kid. Mm -hmm. On top of that, not only we obviously know that Greg Berhalter coached Claudio's son, Gio, but Claudio Reyna was the sporting director at Austin FC when one Sebastian Berhalter, Greg's and Rosalind's son, played there on loan in the 2021 MLS season. Afterwards, Austin FC had a chance to extend his contract, or at least obviously he was on loan, to buy his contract, and they decided not to. They declined that option, sent him back to Columbus, of all places, which is where Greg toiled in MLS, under Anthony Precourt, who is now the owner of Austin FC, layers, and yeah, there they are wheels within wheels to Vancouver. There are wheels within so, wheels in this. Wheels within wheels. I think the one thing about this that is, there's just, so, again, so many layers is, during the World Cup, Eric Winalda mentioned that there was inner turmoil in the national team. And everybody kind of said, what is he talking about? Now, I think he was t- he he should have framed it a lot better. But he was mentioning the fact that Claudio Reyna was apparently texting anyone who moved that was his friend about the fact that Gio was not playing for the national team and was upset about it. And that all this stems to the fact that Gio Reyna was not being played as much as he would want or as much as his parents would want at the World Cup. And because of that, we have what might amount to be an attempted blackmail to get Greg Berhalter out as coach because of it by bringing up something from 31 years ago of which he is atoned for, has grown from, and 
to our knowledge, has never repeated and brought that to light just for the simple fact of of the of paying yeah. back of payback for the fact that their son did not play as much as they wanted at the World Cup. Now I want to emphasize your, there's your layers. There's yeah. your mess. I want to emphasize that this is not parents being upset at the coach of their under 12 travel Saturday team. This is the national team at the world senior national team at the World Cup, the FIFA World Cup. This is as big as it gets. And it's parents trying to get the coach out for not playing their kid. And not and just any parents. Like, it it's is not the, just any parents. Yeah, it's not just parents. It is a former captain of the men's national team. Someone who has the worked The man they in call Captain America. Yeah. yeah. the Someone who has worked in professional soccer his entire life. Um, And, his, and, and Danielle played for the women's national team. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. this is... This is the royalty of U.S. soccer, in a way, there are two oh, yeah. parents. I mean, very rarely do you have you know one parent or, or that are two parents that are active in sports, but have two parents that were involved in the same program that your now son is in, and is now one of the people destined to for stardom. Like this is this is just mess that I don't think any of us thought could possibly happen to the U.S. Well, yeah, like when yeah. when it was being discussed, like you know, obviously yesterday the the statement from Greg comes out and like. You know, people start uh, trying to connect dots and try to make things uh, make sense. It, you know, people get I mean, like it. It's got to be the Reinas. And yeah, I a lot. I was just like, I just can't be like that. That that is fucking. It was wild. so plausible that it couldn't have been true. That's yeah. like, in a way, I still don't believe it. And yeah, in the end, it became Occam's Razor. The most plausible theory, yeah, is the correct one. Yeah, like, how, yeah. like wow. I do just want to give a specific, a, a special fuck you to Danielle Reyna, um, and and her statements and the things that she said for trying to. She she goes on and talks about how she was concerned about her friend, and it took her a long time to forgive Greg without giving a fuck about what this was going to do to Rosalind. So just yeah. a special fuck you, Danielle Reyna. Yeah, I, I do want to say I I think. We were ta- we've were we been talking about this all day and as as all of you out there probably have and the issue is is that Rosalind woke up a couple a couple weeks ago with something that was 31 years old that she had forgiven and that she had gotten over and that she had tried her best to put out of her mind as best as as best as one can I I, I can't imagine what what that I mean, what that night was like for her and how much she had to go through, but she has to relive that over and over and over and yeah. over and over again. And now she's going to have to honestly, she's going to have to continue to relive that for, yeah, quite a while. Yeah, and that's I mean, unfair. Yeah, you, like we don't even have to get too deep in that. Like Rosalind Burhalter got dragged into this through no fault all, of her own, all to try and get. All for someone to try and get people who could, I mean, like I said, the two families are super close. You know, Greg has known Gio his entire life. He was, I think he was there like two days after he was born. He's known the kid his entire life. And that like one family has done this to someone that they consider close, like family people to get one of them out of a job because they didn't play their son. Th- that's 
I can't imagine what she's going through for this because she's just like, what? Why am I in it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. What did I do? It's like that that scene in uh, that movie Waiting where Leandy's just like talking shit to everybody. And the yeah. one guy's like, "What the fuck did I do?" You know yeah. that that's Russell Berhalter's. Like she didn't do anything, and it's like this is over now. Mind you, this Greg Berhalter wasn't playing Gio Reyna just because he's being an asshole to Gio. Gio was being a little bitch. Like yeah. he, it was and, his and own there was fault. physical confrontation from other players. Yeah, based on Gio's attitude. The reason and here's that, the thing. Yeah, go, go ahead, Donald. I, I was gonna say the thing about that is is I'm like. I can forgive that because I remember when I was 20 years old, I wasn't the most ma- mature person. And I, I love to say that, yeah, when I was 19, I had it all figured out. I didn't have shit figured out. And I also didn't have, you know, two and a half million dollars a year. And I wasn't, you know, destined for stardom and people thinking I'm great at all in anything like not like nothing. And I can learn, like I, I can imagine, okay, yes, this at most, Geogate, when it was just Geogate, we were hoping, okay, at most, it's an immature 20-year-old of which we all had those tendencies and those moments. It's a learning experience, and he can grow and mature from that, and we can put this behind him. Just like we said about Weston McKinney when he was you know, removed from the team, and Nashville were like, hey, teachable moment. You, you messed up. It's all good. We'll we'll put atone it. We'll, for we'll forgive it, you, know. you. Atone for it. Do better and and grow from it. And and to his credit, he has right. Yeah. And we're thinking, okay, Geo can learn well, and from I this, think, and he can do that. I think but based it's on like Burholder's experience earlier, as a like, as someone like his mistakes, he has been willing to give others the chance to you know rectify and and grow. Uh, and so I think that's that, a great point. Yeah, like he he also understands if anybody understands, you know, if you're willing to do the work, admit your faults, because like in that statement, he said that like he didn't he like he went and told his friends and family what happened because he wanted to own up for the mistake. And so I think that, yeah, no, Greg is willing to was willing to give guys like, you know, like Weston, like uh, Gio, the chance to like, you know, get your head on straight and like, we can just put this behind us. Yeah. I mean, him keeping Reyna in camp was him giving that chance. Well, and remember that telling... was a discussion. Like, yeah, he, they were talking about sending him home and he didn't do that. He gave Gio an opportunity to atone and Gio got to play in the world cup. And, and he tried to, pro- he tried to protect Gio exactly, by saying yeah. he was injured. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was, he, that, that was an opportunity. He could have said like, he's not performing in training or like we're just he's not we're not seeing everything we want to see like but just saying because let's be honest Gio has spent a large part of his career injured saying hey he's not a hundred percent it was a very plausible like oh yeah for sure you know, everybody's like all right yeah that makes sense yeah I mean Ber- in hindsight all of Burhalter's actions make sense like and you you don't have to be happy with like the decisions he made. But the entire like progression of like how he was doing things up until he started running his mouth to that leadership conference, like everything that allegedly happened at the World Cup, it looks like he was trying to do right by the team and the program. And he gave Gio Reyna the opportunity to get his shit together. And like we said, he's a kid, he's a teenager, like he's going to grow and grow from this. But it's like 
yes, this happened at this tournament. There will be future tournaments, but like this is, it was a world cup, but like, this isn't it for Reyna. Like you have to understand, like he needs to have like the sense to take a step back. His parents have to be able to take a step back and say, it's like, all right, you were being a little piss pot. Like get over it and don't do this again. Now there's also the fact that I think because also, if you think about it, because they're so close, they're famous so close, like yeah. they have a prior relationship. He thought, you know, like I said, there's some people who say, why would you tell somebody that they're not going to play? And I go, maybe because he has a relationship with him and he thought, okay, I can give him some tough love and behind closed doors and be like, yo, that's his cue to, hey, get it together, but still stay ready. So he gave him that tough love. Look, there's there's some things that I could, like, if one of you were to, were to fuck up, like, yeah. I could tell you that. In yeah. a way that I couldn't tell someone I don't really know, right? Yeah, and you could sure. do the same for me. And so he thought about that, but also he did. He went out of his way to protect them in the media because he didn't want a shitstorm coming down on Geo during the World Cup. He went out of his way to not name him when he was given this example at this leadership conference. And I was like, people like, yo, he's been thrown under the bus every time. I'm like, for a guy who's throwing this kid under the bus, he's doing a terrible job at doing it because he has not named him in anything. And he's gone out of his way to protect him. And I think at the end, the one, the two people I'll say that should have just chilled were his parents. Because if my parent, if I went home and told my parents, yo, you know, my coach is telling me he's not going to play me. I'm not doing, they would have said, Hey, listen to what he's saying, figure out how you can do better and do better. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Claudio should have been like, look, my first world cup, I didn't play either. And then I end up playing on four more. Yeah. You have that opportunity. You're going to play more at this world cup. If you step foot on the field than I did in my first world cup. And you could be the, you could you can go from this and learn from this. And there's you have four more World Cups to figure that out. And he could have done that. Instead, they said, nah, my kid's yeah. playing and I'm going to make it happen. Let me let me take care of it. Yeah. And that was the wrong move. That's yeah. where all this kind of blew up. Yeah. I mean, the, the two people look the worst in this are Claudio and Daniel Arena. Like, mm-hmm. they, they look the worst out of this, which is fascinating because obviously Berhalter is the one that's been under pressure and you wonder if there really is any path forward with for greg berhalter with the program after this um we've kind of gone through like the whole thing go ahead let's talk about let's talk about that because that's that's what messes all this up because there's so many again there's there's layers to the story now there's layers to the aftermath because one greg berhalter is still a candidate for the job but you can't let him go because if you let him go now, it makes you feel like it's because of this and not because yeah. of performance. And if they had let him go without saying anything, and this comes out, then it would have been pegged to this. And so U.S. soccer is in a tough spot because yeah. now they almost like the way that U.S. soccer looks good in this is they almost have to hope that Greg just says, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm a step away. Yeah, there, there, there's two right. there's two scenarios for U.S. soccer that they're really hoping for right now. One is Greg says, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to go do something else. The other thing is that Jesse Marsh gets fired and then he's available and they can just be like, oh, I don't yeah, think Jesse, we're, we're I, that. I don't, I don't think Jesse Marsh is it. I think it's got to well, be no, like Arsene Wenger or something like that. It's got to be oh, someone yeah. like where they're well, like, because if you think so, about it, like Bob Bradley got extent, fired. Though. 
Yeah. Bob Riley got fired because they knew that they were bringing in Klinsman. And we, we said we won about that. But at the time, everyone was like, shit, you're getting Klinsman? You, 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 sorry, yeah. Bob, you got to go. But it's got to be that. It can't be like, oh, we're bringing in Jesse Marsh or, you know, Oscar Perea or someone like that. Because like, people are going to be like, no, you're firing him because of this and not because of his performance. And you're using this as shade. The other thing is that, you know, obviously the, the rain is like, have to they have to figure out a way to distance themselves from Reynas, but that also in a way can include Geo. But the other thing is, if you rehire Greg, what happens to Geo? And if you're bringing Geo into camp, no matter who's the coach, Geo is going to get a world of shit from these from his teammates, because yeah. if he doesn't play, then people are going to be like, "Oh, you better coach, you better turn your phone off because 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 mom and dad is going to call." And if he does play, people are going to think it's because the people are, that the U.S. soccer is scared about the Raiders diamond them out. So yeah. yeah and I think it's for, so bad for me. Like the thing that like, you know, the biggest takeaway is like the fact that, um, you know, this team, what we thought was built on good vibes and, and a good, you know, atmosphere, um, has been torched by two people who don't give a fuck about any, anyone, but their like, but yeah. their own, but their own kid. And I don't think they, gave any thought to any of the repercussions that are going to come from this because i mean while we don't know that how they, much geo, that they don't have to face yeah, yeah that, that but they don't like we don't know what geo did and didn't know but like whoever the coach is they're not going to call geo in for a while because they're not going to want to fuck with them they don't want that drama like yeah like geo probably i mean i would be a little more harsher than a lot of people but like geo probably doesn't play with the national team in 2023 oh, um i i and, wholeheartedly agree wholeheartedly and yeah, because there's a lot of people within there's a lot of players within that setup, like your Tyler Adams, your Christian Pulisic, your Weston McKinney's, who did like Greg and did respect him. And, you know, the second that Geo pops back up, um, they're all gonna have I mean, they've probably already already had some harsh words with them, but like you best believe that first camp that he shows up to things like there will be conversations had. It'll be a, it'll be a power struggle. Yeah. And I, I think the important thing is you got to recognize, like, what is the rule of the universe? CONCACAF is a vibes-based economy. Don't, yeah. don't kill the vibes. We, we said it. You cannot bring Gio Reyna into that locker room and expect the vibes to stay intact. Like, as soon as he walks in that room, things are tenser than they would be if he's not there and not, not just not present. Like you have to keep the group moving forward together, and Giorena is not in the starting eleven right now. So why are why would you call him in right now? Now, and at the same time, you know, we obviously there are rumors about how that locker room discussion heated, whatever went down during the World Cup. But there's obviously guys that are on his side, and there's guys that may want to have a talking to and and need to air some beef out, put the gloves on, whatever you need to do, yeah. but there's still enough guys in this player pool that are considered important that probably want Gio in this camp. And so that's where I say there's going to be a power struggle is who's going to win that battle. Like the guys who like, is it going to be, you bring him in because these guys, we we can't lose these guys over here. So we got to bring in this guy, even though it's going to piss off these other guys over here that we need, or is it going to be a coach that comes in that says, look, I don't care. I don't care about you, your guys beef. I'm bringing in the best players. Gio's one of them. And we go and run. Either way, that is going to be a delicate thing to do, and especially in a year where I know we're not talking about, uh, you know, 
big things coming uh, like in, in the fall, but in the summer we have, we have nations league in March. We have nations league finals, hopefully in June, we have gold cup starting in June and Oh yeah, we technically still don't have a coach because right now, <laughs> Anthony Hudson is the coach for just January and we don't have one for March. And that is a big element that you are adding to already something that the entire grit eating world that <laughs> loves us soccer is already having a, a hard, hard line focus on. And now you throw this bomb into the cocktail and you say, drink it up. Like that's, that is a, this is like awful for everybody. Like, because we have to now relive this until, you know, Forever. at least for the, for a long time. And if it trickles into us playing bad on the field, then it becomes even worse. So last thing that I, that I'll say as we're wrapping up um, is I think in this situation, next coach, um, I've, not been one that's really cared if it needs to be you know domestic or international i think at this point just bring in someone international that doesn't know any any of these fucks um so that is why <laughs> i make my case for jose Mourinho 2026 fuck it let's go hey i'm down i mean there's a lot of nails out there and we can talk about the situation over but like i want to take a bigger picture view of this i do think that just referencing slave point quick it has led to be a problem that it's all former national team guys that are like running the show. Like this is Burhalter, Reyna, Ernie Stewart, Brian McBride. Like these are all guys have known each other forever. Like there's no real outside voice. Like they all have prior relationships that obviously can't keep things clean. So an outside voice is very good. The, my question is right now, having, seeing all of this bullshit develop and then hit the fan in the last 48 hours. His, the U S made it as a footballing nation that they got national team coaches getting blackmailed. I mean, I, the answer is okay. What's the most recent really, really big scandal that has come out. Uh, I mean, it, it was, was France. My, it was France blackmailing yeah. a teammate over sex tape. <laughs> and what happened after that? They won the World Cup 2026. <laughs> Lock start, it baby. in. Lock, Lock it, it in. in. No. And I mean, just talking about the World Cup and I know we kind of Adrian made Adrian Rabio's mom as well. I mean, <laughs> a, like there's there's U.S. Yeah. is the next France. You heard it here first. Like. This this has to be like the biggest like inner turmoil like scene that we've seen since the '98 World Cup, which obviously there was some shit that went down there, and some of the guys that are involved in this were part <laughs> we're of also that. Involved. We're also very involved in that, and they they should know better after being <laughs> part of that. They should know better than to be doing this shit at a World Cup. Like you gotta protect the vibes, and it's just like I really wonder. First of all, we're not done with this yet, but like I really wonder how history is gonna look at all of this because holy shit, like this is a major, major, major story, and it's I don't know if it's going away anytime soon. Ulysses got his next book book topic for his next coloring. Oh, book. the yeah, the memoirs coming out this year. So yeah. 
they they got to get their shit together. We cannot have the vibes being corrupted in a Concacaf Nations League year. It's just unacceptable. Nope. We got to win those. Yeah. Um. I think we'll wrap up here. I'm sure there's gonna be more to come on all this, but we wanted to make sure that we sat down and talked about this. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been our patrons on our Patreon, uh, everyone who's been following us over the holidays. Uh, it's a new year. We've got games coming up, and we expect to have a lot more fun CONCACAF content head your way. content to calf if you want, if you will. But uh, <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. I'll stop talking. Um, yeah. Jonathan, you want to push your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, jslifessp, and at broadwaysportsmedia.com. For me, it's at blazingdw, and I obviously recapped a lot of what was what we just discussed at starsandstripesfc.com, uh, at starsstripesfc. Yeah, go read it. Give Donald the clicks. Um, and yeah, stay tuned. We got more content coming out soon.